everybody. Welcome to What's the Hook with Diane and Andy. Diane's reporting from sick bay. I don't know what I have. I don't think it's I don't think it's the Rona, but something's wrong. So that's well, why it sounds funny. That's what it is. Yeah. Andy, well, how are you? We went, we went and saw uh, Meg Stalter, the comedian uh, and actress Meg Stalter on Sunday night, who is in Hacks and who we both find very funny. And I'm sure that did us no favors in terms of uh, sharing germs with the germ exposure. Of, random people so yeah. i wore my mask andy did not because he's he's young and studly well I I have, here's the best thing yeah. the best thing about the megan stalter show was listening to andy giggle like a little girl oh my god an hour and a half straight she's so silly she's just <laughs> so silly and diane you made a good you're like that wasn't really a show it was kind of just her like up on stage like just sort of doing things um, and I, you know, and I, you were totally right. There was no structure. There was no jokes. It was all just kind of like, like a silly act. Um, the thing is, I love her so much. And on hacks, they use her so well and they write to her strengths. Yeah. So like, I want her to structure her show a little more tightly because I know yeah. how funny she can be. If That's you watch it. her. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If you watch her like you or I don't know I guess she's on Instagram and I don't know anyway I watch her on TikTok and the characters she does are so absurd and there is very little structure to anything it's like 90 second clips of her doing like an absurd character and so to me that that was in kind of in line with the show but I agree it was kind of it was kind of rambling and weird but anyway we had a good time but it was also like a 10 o'clock show on a Sunday which like I don't know how either one of us survived who are we to be going to a town? Who are we? Who do we even yeah. think we are? So like, I don't, I don't, you know what? I don't know what I was thinking. I, I think we were both playing chicken, waiting for the other person to say it was too late. And then we're like, <laughs> let's go. And I'm glad we went. I had a great time. Um, I had a great time, but it was, you know, it, it, it it's, it's really a hard thing to, to start a Monday after a 10 o'clock show. I mean, you know, we're just wait, you know. Maybe, wait. maybe that's what wiped me out. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I want. I anyway. wanted. To, I wanted to jump into this week. There's been some good news on the renewal front. Uh, HBO Max has renewed Julia for a second season and Minx for a second season. Both awesome, fantastic shows. Um, Pachinko has been renewed for a second season over at Apple TV Plus. On the broadcast TV side, it's been a very hard week. Lots of shows getting canceled. A lot of CW shows getting the axe. It's been very hard. There's going to be a lot of people looking for jobs, but it is the week before upfronts, which is when the broadcast networks announce their new schedules. And this is the week typically when a lot of access fall and it has been an ugly, ugly week. So keep. I saw that one of your favorites got the ax. Um, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor got the ax, but you know that everyone wants to work with Ted Danson. Yeah. So someone is going to say, hi, Ted, I have an, another show for you. So we're, I'm sure we'll see him in another show, like absolutely, yeah. So, um, Andy, I don't know if you have been watching Hulu's Five Night Event, Candy. I have not. I haven't. I, I don't know. You know, it, it's interesting because I've also been watching Under the Banner of Heaven over on Hulu, right? And you know, the theme of religious repression definitely came to mind during both of those and uh 
Candy, I, I will just say this. I think the music, the score uh, composer, Ariel Marks, deserves a lot of credit for creating a lot of tension in the episodes. You know, it's only five episodes now. Uh, so I don't know if, if you're so inclined, but again, it's there's a lot of violence. So be ready for that. Under the Banner of Heaven, again, another very violent story of a woman and her child being killed in the Mormon LDS community. So tough stuff to watch. There's some good stuff. Andrew Garfield giving a beautiful performance. Uh, and I think Gil Cunningham is the actor who plays his detective partner, Bill Taba. Terrific. Both of them fantastic. But anyway, let's talk about stuff we've both watched, Andy, because there's some really good stuff. Yeah, it's it's been a good week. One of our favorites is back. Hacks. Yes. Season two has begun. Andy, what did you think of the two episodes that dropped? I mean, for me, the show is like slipping into a warm bath surrounded <laughs> by some of my favorite people. It's this show just like speaks to me on every level. I love pretty much every single character in this show. And, you know, I think now that they're, you know, in season two, they're not having to do so much character introduction. We're just kind of picking up right where we left off exactly. and continuing the story pretty seamlessly. And, um, you know, overall, it's got the same kind of mix of comedy and, you know, very, very dark, you know, a lot of it's very dark, dry humor and, you know, some heartwarming elements and some real, you know, cutting stuff from, you know, the Gene Smart character. Uh, it, it's got, you know, kind of real acerbic. It's got the same mix that I, that made me fall in love with it in the first place. And, and I like where they're going. I've only seen the first two, like you mentioned, that are out so far. I know you've seen some of the I've screeners. Seen, yeah. so. I've seen more than that. I think one of the best things, one of the things I really love uh, about this, and I am biased because I love this show, is, you know, this season we're on the road. We're not in Vegas all the time now. We're on the road. Deborah and Ava are on the road, and Deborah is determined to do some new material to create, you know, a new act for herself. And I've often thought about who do I identify with more, Deborah or Ava? <laughs> Good question. Andy, do you ever think about that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> I don't, I love. Uh, Deborah, I mean, you know, she's an icon, but probably Ava. I probably okay. would identify more with Ava, although, you know, I'd, I'd aspire to be Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, what is great, uh, as Andy said, is they've picked up right where they left off, and Ava's trying, Ava has to deal with the fallout from an awful, awful email that she wrote all about Deborah and sent to some other show producers. And it is, oof, it is ugly. It is and ugly. Why is she ever squirming in the first two episodes? Yes. Because waiting for Deborah to find out about it, which she has not yet until like, anyway, I won't spoil it, but. Well, no, um, and, the, and the whole thing is, you know, actions have consequences. And boy, oh boy, does this have a consequence for Ava. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, I had to call out probably my favorite moment of the first two episodes when, Deborah, you know, she's got this new son-in-law who's an MMA fighter, um, you know, who's married to her crazy daughter, played by... Yes. Played by um, Caitlin oh, Olsen. 
Kaylin Olsen. Thank you. I knew you were going to have it. Fabulous. Your talk. Uh, anyway, she, they go to the MMA fight, and Deborah could not care less. She thinks this is a bad marriage and a big mistake. But she's trying to be kind. She goes to the show, and then there's like an epic moment where she inspires the fighter. And uh, I just like was literally laughing out loud at that. I thought it was th that's the kind of stuff that I come to hacks for. Just some real, just it was real joyous. Just a lot of fun. I, I think you're right. And I think, you know, Deborah's determination and just willing things to happen for herself, making yeah, things yeah. is incredible. And it's one of the rare depictions of older women on TV where they're not sidelined. They're the main part of the story. They're not put on the sidelines. Absolutely. And yeah. Jean Smart has always been really glorious in pretty much anything. She's in Fargo, going back to designing yeah. women. She's wonderful in, in what she's in, but the way this gives her a new spotlight is I, I admire it every single time I watch an episode of this show. And I will not spoil things, but oh my God, I just cannot wait for you to see more. <laughs> I can't either. There, there can't is an either. episode where the two ladies are on a ship. That's all oh, I'm going to wow. Okay. And I, yeah, Andy, I can't even wait to discuss it with you. I'm that I'm that excited about it. Yeah, Deborah throws a major, uh, you know, wrench into the operation at the end of episode two, and I was like, I was like, wait, is there a third one out? And there was not, which I was like, ah. So I'm on the edge of my seat, waiting for next week. Um, but yeah, they're, and they're bringing where, it, and that's where HBO Max wants you. So they've yeah. done the job. That's yeah, really good. Yeah, they're yeah, absolutely. And then speaking of um, older women who are not being <laughs> sidelined, we we are both now I caught know. up on this on the finale of Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie, Andy, you go first because I think we have differing viewpoints about this. Yeah, you know, I, um, the the final season worked for me. I I uh, I think we can, without spoiling too much, you know, say that there's a storyline that involves Frankie going to a psychic and hearing that she's going to die on a very specific date, and that sort of propels things forward because she, you know, takes that of course as like gospel and and um, you know will not hear anything anyone who says like you know, hey, it's a psychic, maybe they're not 100% right. And so a lot of things are involved with her preparation for that date. Um, for me, at first, I found that a very depressing kind of like conceit. But then as things went along, I thought it, it yeah. did propel the storyline forward and gave everybody kind of something to do. And a lot of, you know, people to just, I heard the whole, everybody else is just like, oh my God, here's another Frankie thing, you know, just like that we have to um, kind of, you know, pretend to support, even though it's ridiculous. So I, I, it worked for me. I was very happy with the season finale or the series finale. I thought, I thought it all um, ended nicely and I liked, you know, I liked where it went, but I, I also, I've, I've read some, some differing opinions and it sounds like you have a differing opinion too on whether that worked or not. Yeah, I, I think I, I just wasn't as high on it. And I do love this show because I, I like, you know, pretty much the whole cast. But um, I felt like a lot of the Frankie shtick just didn't really work. And even though it's supposed to be kind of darkly comic, I didn't really feel like it worked that way. So it just felt tedious the longer it went on. It was a little extreme, even by the standards of hey, the character of Frankie, for her to be that serious about this, like, you know, premonition. And I get 
why they did it because you know Frankie leans into the obtuse I understand that I get it um you know what I do like the very end of it was very nice because it was literally the two of them I it was good to see Peter Gallagher again earlier in the season because he's very good and he's very funny with the two of them yeah um the Martin Sheen story, Martin Sheen and uh, Sam Waterston, they're really delightful together and they're very, very, very sweet. Their storyline was nice. I felt, I just felt like it took a long time. And even though I enjoyed the big cameo, I think everybody knows by now that, that Dolly Parton does appear in one of the final episodes. I won't say which or what as, but even though it was great to see that, um, I don't know. Uh, I was, I was just, I think I was just underwhelmed. You know, the Dolly, the Dolly thing actually didn't work that well for me because it felt okay. so obviously um, kind of green screened, like where she was not in the room with them. Oh, and that, okay. Uh, so for me, I was a little disappointed because I just, I felt like you didn't get the genuine rapport of the three of them together. So that actually didn't work for me. And, and um, yeah, there's a bit of a health situation um, uh, that, uh, oh God, not Saul, but the other one. Robert. Sorry. Robert. Sorry. <laughs> that Robert's going through and it's, it's a downer. It's a definite downer. But I also felt like it was, uh, realistic to the age group that they're yeah. in and I thought it was uh, for me I like that they tackled something serious this season um, overall it worked and I'll tell you like as soon as I finished the last episode I went right back and started the first episode of the series and I'm probably on season three now I mean yeah season three of, of my third rewatch of this show so it's become that show for me that like I could just put on in the background it's total comfort food it's funny it's light but it you know it's heartfelt so it's just got a lot of great you know qualities that make it a nice background watch just something to cheer you up and and you know kind of like it's you know my another uh, alternative to my Golden Girls obsession that I can just put on in the background. So I certainly understand that. And I think the one thing that Andy and I do agree on is that we want a June Diane Raphael spinoff. I am. Yeah. We're both stands of June I would Diane watch, Raphael. I would watch Brianna, like they, they've got to do something with her. That's just a great character. Yeah. She's, she's such an underrated icon. Um, if anybody is looking for a new podcast to listen to her uh, podcast deep dive the deep dive um which is co-hosted by jessica st Clair, another actress is um just one of my absolute favorites it's like Andy, another... i love how you hype you hype deep dive every single week did i have i done this before <laughs> so every week every week you mention it i hope well, you I... talk to your friends as much about our podcast as you do about deep dive uh... <laughs> That's a good question, actually. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we love June. Since we're still in finale land, Andy Andy watched belatedly the Better Things finale. So, what did you think? What did you? Yeah, think th this is pr this show is like been on my top five list. It's the ten list wow. of shows of the past decade. I have like just think the the portrayal of you know of, of Pamela Adlon playing Sam as a single mom with these three really interesting well-developed you know um, daughter, daughter characters is just so brilliant and so cool 
and she's just so Pamela Adlon playing Sam is just so cool. It's just like the mom, the next door neighbor, the best friend, everybody wants, you know, because she's just like cool and nurturing but funny and dry. Anyway, there's so much I could say about the show and and how much I love it. Um, the finale didn't quite land for me. I, I just wow. yeah, I, I why do not? love it. Why, I, why not? Did you did you figure out why it didn't land for you? I they um they did a big musical number kind of in the last episode and that I just found it fell flat for me. I just thought I didn't like the song and you knew what the song I didn't know what the song was. You knew what it was. It's something it's from Spamalot. It's always look on the bright side of life from Spamalot. Eric Idle wrote the song. Yes. To me it just it didn't have anything to add and I and I wanted real, um, real depth from the show. And instead it gave me this like silly song medley where all, every, pretty much every character that's ever been in the show was singing parts of it. And I, to, that for me just did not work. So I think that's probably what threw things off for me. Here's the thing. When I watched it, you know, one of the things, one of the many things that Better Things is about, and one of the things that Sam Fox is all about is community. And that your family isn't just those that you are related to by blood. It is the family you make for yourself in wherever you are. You know, Sam has an extended community of friends, her daughter's friends, you know, people who live in her neighborhood, people she knows from her acting gigs. And what I think the musical number was, was about that extended community as well as an attitude about, you know, there's one of the lines is like, you know, life is shit and you just gotta roll with it. You know, something to that effect. That's what I took away with it. The whole season was much more meandery and kind of winding and curvy and stream of consciousness than the seasons before it. Not that that's a bad thing, because I'm just all for supporting Pamela Adlin's vision. I, I don't care what she does next. I'll watch it. Oh, I absolutely will too. And I'm sure there were challenges involved in making this last season because it was done during COVID. And as you um, helped me understand, they actually had to fly to London to film some of it so that Celia Emery, who's so brilliant and plays her could actually be in it because Celia couldn't um, travel to the United States so I, you know, I think there were probably some real like logistical challenges. I just, it remind, you know, I, I, I just think back to that and I wish I could remember which season this was in. There was an episode where she gathers all her friends together and they do this kind of big party in her backyard overnight. And it's like this very, very kind of transcendent, like- Oh, with her girlfriends. With her girlfriends. Yeah, and that, to me, that's that. maybe one of the, my favorite episodes. And I think it does some real- amazing like character development and, and it, it, it gave me like six feet under vibes where they're just like wow um yeah I don't know they're just it, it just was very profound to me and that's what I come to this show for is like the kind of um everyday profound moments and and you know and and and, and so that's what I was looking for and instead we got this like song that I just didn't relate to although after that as she's yeah. driving off into the dusk with the stars you know floating overhead that did it for me it just uh, anyway overall great season the show is brilliant highly worth watching i would always recommend it to anybody 
or rewatching yeah. all episodes. Or re- yeah, and it's a one I'll rewatch too for sure. I just all episodes available on Hulu. Better things on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, great show. Didn't quite didn't quite work for me, but that's okay. I still accept it as a brilliant show. And we love Pamela Adlin. Oh my God, she should. Yeah, basically we love her. Her. She's amazing. Um, Andy, let's talk about our other new favorite, The Staircase on HBO Max. I'm like obsessed with this show. Tell me what drew you, what drew you in? Why are you obsessed? Tell me everything. I thought I had listened to the podcast. The, or, sorry, the, I, see, never, the big document. I thought I had watched the big documentary. On, which is on Netflix. But now that I've watched four episodes of the show, I think I probably started the, the documentary and didn't watch it through because okay. I don't remember, I barely remember anything. Okay. So I went into this thinking, okay, here we go. It's kind of another like, you know, dramatic series of a show that we've already had podcasts and documentaries about. So we know everything that happened. I've listened to like countless theories and the bird theory and the, you know, about what happened owl to, theory. to Kath- the owl, owl theory, theory yes. about what happened to Kathleen. So it's one of these things where I went in thinking, I already know everything's going to happen. How are they going to make this interesting? And I, I feel like the way that they're telling the story of this family and giving like real interesting depth to each of the characters, each of the kids within the family, like each one is like very fully realized. I'm like, oh my God, I care about each of these people and understand who they are within this family. Um, I, I'm, I'm just, the acting is beyond, like everyone in this is like at the agree. top of their game and that's probably helping a lot. I also um, love that Michael Stuhlbarg is playing uh, the lawyer for yes. uh, Mike Peterson. He's and so good. He's tremendous. Everything he's in, yeah. He's tremendous. Yeah. After mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name, he can do no wrong in my in my mind. Well, he was also in, um, he was in Dope Sick. He played like one of the chief executives of the Sackler family. He's just a tremendous actor. He's really but, great. You and know, Tony Collette, the fact that they've, you know, uh, taken an A-list brilliant actress to portray Kathleen Peterson and given Kathleen Peterson a full personality and told her story and given her depths and layers, you know, that's something the documentary couldn't do obviously because she wasn't around. And I think that's been, um, that's a great point. Yeah. And, and, and it's not like she's just is there just as a prop for what happens to her. It's like a real, you know, they, they portray her as a full human being and Tony Collette's so genius. And so I just, I'm completely enthralled by the story. I would, I, I would agree. And I love, you know, I think Colin Firth is also one of those, one of those actors who can do no wrong. And the fact that, you know, there's a bisexuality element to his character and you can tell already the guy is like not a hundred percent honest. And it's, it's about how they create doubt, you know, cause who really knows the truth except him you know no who really knows the truth it's right. a fascinating story it's just a fascinating yeah i mean the story, story on its own already had so many weird details and elements and it was you know it's a fascinating story to begin with but then they've just done an amazing job of giving it like life and life and depth not death life and depth, life with, and depth. With, that's, that's with, very yeah. true and then um i have to shout out to parker posey 
Who oh is. my God! How fabulous is she as the God? Producer? She's so good. She's playing Freda Black. Is yeah, the, amazing. The, yeah, one of the prosecution's team, and um, she's so good. Oh my big God! Hair. Yeah, she's got, got the big hair and that fabulous accent. She's wonderful. Yeah, and um, I also like they do portray. Um, at least as far as I've gotten, they, they have two different portrayals of what may have happened in the staircase. Yeah. And I'm yeah. guessing there'll be another couple more. And I, the way they're filmed is like out of a horror movie. And I mean that in the best possible sense. Like a splatter film. Like yeah. a splatter film, but like really, be- I mean, I, I, this is not, maybe this word is maybe not the right word, but beautifully filmed from like i mean they're they're horrifying horrifying but gripping and really eerie and and i just think the way they they did that is really cool is as gruesome as they are so i found that to be really interesting too like it's the it's it's this is an hbo level show like it is what you want from an hbo show it is it is freaking beautiful and it's very much in the wheelhouse for anyone who loves the true crime genre you know definitely but dramatically it's it's also fantastic yeah so and we're gonna segue to one more hbo uh show we own this city so andy have you been watching because i have and i've only seen the first episode so far oh okay um if you haven't watched we own this city it is from the folks that did the wire david simon and george pelicanos and it is about the Baltimore PD and about an examination of some of the corruption that happened in it and how certain cops were still allowed to work, even though they were not doing some cop-like behavior. So, Andy, what did you think? If you've only watched the first episode, I've seen a little more. I'm having trouble with it. I, Why? I'm, I'm finding the casting to, to like kind of, I don't, I feel like these are, actors acting and not like I don't I'm not seeing like real characters here like even even with John Bernthal who I love I feel like he's doing a big you know he's doing kind of a big over-the-top thing here and it it, to me it feels a little like it feels a little over the top um David David Cornsweat is uh, an actor that I I love he's the Ryan Murphy boy he's been in a lot of his stuff and here I'm finding he's way too pretty to feel like a real cop in, or whatever, detect, whatever he is. I don't know, but uh, detective. <laughs> in, detective. detective, sorry, in Baltimore. So I don't know. I'm kind of just feeling like it's a little stagey almost to me, but I, I again, I've only watched one episode and I will continue to watch it. So maybe it'll grow on me. Um, did you, have you ever seen The Wire, Andy? I have seen the first couple of seasons of The Wire and found them to really feel like, you know, kind of lived in and gritty and and the characters look grizzled and realistic to me. And I did not feel that here. I felt like it's a little shiny around the edges. That's just... Okay, here's the thing. I think you definitely need to watch more because as you watch more and you learn more about the structure of the department and about why this investigation is taking place because the death of Freddie Gray also comes into it back in 2015, uh, which was a a pivotal incident in Baltimore about policing. Right. The way the police police deal with the black community. Um, 
it is anything but shiny and pretty. And I think you'll see that. I don't, and I obviously, I, yeah, I don't mean the story. I know the story's tackling some really serious, worthy subjects. I'm just talking about the way it's filmed and the way it's cast feels a little, but anyway, please go ahead. <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, it's adapted, you know, a newspaper reporter did the reporting and then they adapted his book. So it is... I, fi- I think that David Simon and George Pelicanos and the rest of the writers are doing their usual detailed job. There, there's also a fascinating woman who uh, is, the, is the one who would be, who's looking to root out the corruption. And it's a, she's a great, great, great character. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have the actress's name uh, at the ready, but I think it's a really good series. You have to like that sort of thing. I think if you like The Wire, you're going to like We Own This City. I think it's very much in the same wheelhouse. Um, what else? I, I think the only other thing I wanted to mention was, um, to, there's actually two things. The Cheryl Crow documentary on Showtime is just fantastic. And uh, I cannot believe how forthcoming Cheryl Crow was about her entire life and how many of her surrounding friends and, you know, found family participated in it. Just a terrific documentary. And for comedy fans, the kids in the hall are back on Prime Video. Uh, and there are new episodes. I, I'm not sure how many, but it looks like all of the cast members return. So there's a new sketch comedy to watch, which is always a good thing. That's getting great reviews. I definitely They're need to fantastic. watch that. Yeah, we all need more comedy. And another great comedy is I Love That For You on Showtime with the fabulous Vanessa Bayer, Jennifer Lewis, and Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon, who is becoming like the MVP of everything this year. She's got a best-selling book out. She's on this. Everyone loved her from White Lotus. She's just, she's amazing. She's so so great. Yeah. Are they doing another uh, season of the other two? Do you happen to know? I haven't heard yet. They must be because it's such a great show, and she's so. Oh, it is renewed for season three. Yeah. Um, you well, know, there's we get to look forward to on. that with her at some point too. Yeah, there's a lot going on at Warner Brothers Discovery. There's a lot of people being moved out of jobs. There's a lot of change going on right now. So, yeah. uh, but more on that another time. Um, that is all I've got for this week. I think I need to go lie down because this really took it out of me, Andy. Oh gosh. Well, thank you for being a trooper and hanging in there for next week. And that's what we got for trying to go to a 10 o'clock show on a Sunday. We've learned our <laughs> lesson. We've learned our lesson. This is pandemic life. We need to be home in bed by 10. Oh my God. Um, check out our Facebook page. What's the hook with Diane and Andy? Uh, I am at the Surf Report on Twitter and Instagram. Andy, I'm seriously, <laughs> I'm seriously Andy on Instagram, and I reactivated my Twitter because I Woo-hoo! had to go read something very specific, and I was like, "Damn it, you got me, Elon, you got me." So I'm back on Twitter. Hey, no, no, no. I think the the deal with Elon might be falling through. Yeah, he put something out today about how it's on hold while he waits for some information. He's such a tool. I just cannot stand him. That's and that is a lovely note to end on. But anyway. <laughs> Um, hey everybody, just tell us what you're watching. Tell us what you like. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and until next week, uh, don't get sick like me. Stay well. We love you. 
and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.